0: This podcast is brought to you by Blackbe Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackaby.org.
1: Welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. It's my pleasure to be your host. I'm Sam, and joining me and helping take our leadership to the next level is Dr. Richard Blackaby. Good morning, Sam. Good morning. How are you? Good. You're looking bright and cheery for this early hour. Well, you know, <laughs> 5 a.m., you know, every, every Tuesday. <laughs> It's my delight. I've already been up for three hours. <laughs> yeah, so. well, getting that quiet time in before the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so uh, perhaps probably there is something that's maybe one thing that's more important than all the other things when it comes to leadership, and that's your relationships. Yeah, And uh, I think few leaders would say that um, there was anything more important than the people that they knew. And, and the friends that they had, the relationships that they had, whether that's making them who they are or giving them the opportunity to become who they are in leadership positions and so forth. And so today we want to look at uh, w- what that means, what that tells you about yourself, the, the relationships that you keep. And so with that, Introduction. I'll turn it
0: over to you. Yeah, Sam. You know, I think uh, it's been it's been said that uh, self awareness, self knowledge, is a leader's superpower. If you if you know yourself well, yeah, uh, then you know what you're capable of. You know what to avoid. You know where you're weak. What you need to be careful with. You know where you're strong. um, You know where you can have the biggest impact. So self awareness is so critical and. Uh, and I think I, I've, I've studied, as you know, a lot of the, li- the lives of a lot of leaders. And yeah. when you, when you, if you try to boil down, okay, here's a guy who, who became a great leader, highly respected. How did he become that? Uh, how did he become a person of such influence or such humility or such confidence or such creativity? And nobody is, no one comes out of the womb that way. Um, no one just is born and immediately leading all the other babies in the nursery. You know, it's, you, you develop into the leader that you become. And so it's always fascinating to say, well, if you don't just, if you're just not born immediately as a leader, then what is it that goes into making certain people so effective, so strong? Um, and you know, I would say there's, there's at least three things, uh, probably more, but three big ones, you know, one is just going to be your genes. And we've talked about this before, but, uh, I, I've been had for the last six years now, I've had uh, twin grandsons and they're, they're not identical twins. They're fraternal. They don't look alike. Um, but they have come from the very same womb. They have grown up in the exact same house. They've been loved equally by their parents, by their grandparents. They're in the same class at school. They have the very same teacher, the same classmates. So much of their life is identical, yeah. Uh, and yet, couldn't you know? In many ways, their personalities couldn't be more opposite, yeah. Uh, and so you realize they are distinctly individual. They are for sure, and I, it's been fascinating to me. And all you can say is it's the genes. I mean, they're just they have even though they both came from the same mother, the same father um, same grandparents, uh, yet the, the genes just work themselves out differently in each child. And so, uh, you know, so there are some things that are going to be passed down to us that, um, we have absolutely no say in that, uh, parenting, nothing else. It may, it may help adapt those genes somewhat or put, get them under control or, but, uh, that's just the way we're going to be. And, and then a second thing, I think, is our encounters with God. I, I think God can transform us. The Holy Spirit can take a selfish, uh, angry, unforgiving jerk of a person and transform them into someone who's Christ-like, who's loving, gracious, humble. Um, and so if you will continue to surrender your life uh, to God and his work, uh, the Holy Spirit can produce all the fruit of the Spirit in your life and uh make you a joyful gentle um, you know patient person and so uh so that's a second huge source of who you ultimately become is what did you decide to let God do in your life yeah, but what I want us to focus on today is a third area, and that is our relationships, our encounters with people and if I were if if you were to follow me around for a while and just watch uh how i lead how i relate to other people um how i treat people and so on or how i treat my kids and my grandkids um and you and you pushed me and said well why do you do that or what made you decide to do that um if if i stopped and thought about it so much of what i do i could probably if I, if I thought long enough i could probably tell you where i where i got it who i got that from yeah who taught me to do that who challenged me to you know take this area of my life to a higher level or maybe who hurt me in this area and made me just determine that i was not going to be like that to others or uh, and and so so much of who we are as leaders today uh, is determined by the kind of encounters we had with people growing up and uh and I don't mean to psychoanalyze and Freudize all of this, uh, but to say people do we do become socialized. And yeah, um Proverbs thirteen twenty I believe says if you if you walk with wise people, you're gonna become wise. And you walk with fools and you're gonna become a fool. And yeah. uh and you know when you're especially when you're young you don't always have a choice in who you're around. If you've got, yeah. uh, for instance, if you've got parents that are constantly criticizing you uh, and your friend who's in your class at school has uh, parents who are constantly praising and blessing them, uh, it's going to have an impact. Uh, yeah. Now, you can you can survive that and you can overcome it by the grace of God, but you're gonna be going to be fighting uphill the whole way because of just the the different relationship you had in your life compared to your friend. And so, um, so I, I, I thought it, it, it's interesting sometimes because i I'll, I'll see some people at times and they'll do certain things and I'll just, I'll sort of shake my head to say, you know, that's a really intelligent person. Like in so many areas, they're so professional and they're so smart and so gifted. Why would they do that? I mean, that just is something that seems to really harm their marriage. It harms their kids, uh, can they not see that like like does their brain just shut down on, at certain times and like why would they do that and so many times what what you'll find is if you have the opportunity to to talk with them and walk with them a little bit in reflecting you discover well years ago he had this encounter and he, maybe he had a school teacher who told him that he would never amount to anything or yeah. a, a, a parent who said that they were embarrassed by them. And, and, and now that's just stuck in their heart, in their soul, and they can't get over it. Just, it, it trips them up time and time again. Uh, and so I think the value sometimes in, in taking a, an inventory of the relationships in your life is that it helps you begin to understand, well, I wonder if that's why I'm so timid in this area of my life. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is why I just refuse to take risks uh, in my my career. Uh, I always want to play it safe, or I I don't ever want to you know step up and say what I'm thinking. Uh, maybe it's because when I did that in my home, I was immediately shut down all the time. And so um, so there's just a couple of different kinds of relationships that I would uh, I would maybe point out. One is just I, I call it who were the heroes or the villains in your life. Who were the people that you grew up to admire, that were the people that you you looked at with respect, um, and you said that's who I would like to be like. Yeah. And, and who who were the the villains, the the people that you, when you saw them you just sort of shook your head and said, I don't want to ever be like that. Right. Um and you know, it's funny the kind of heroes or villains sometimes uh that uh that we can have in our life. Like if you're you know, it's sad, but uh it, statistically, if your dad uh was in prison, there's about a seventy percent chance that you will end up in prison. Hmm. And you think, well, you think growing up in a home with your dad or your mom in prison that that's the last thing that you'd ever want to do right uh, but it's it but for many that you they they can whether it's embarrassing or not to them that's what they know and and you can admire that and uh take pride in that and if you get a negative model then that means now you may be valuing the wrong things you know you yeah. someone else's dad uh Got a PhD and was a professor at a university, and and so this child, his heroes are all people that are smart and educated, um, and so uh, you know early on in life, uh, you it can be surprising sometimes who become the our heroes, who we admire. Uh, yeah. You really admire someone that can fix cars. Your dad was could fix anybody's car. Everybody brought their car over to fix. Well, then maybe you you end up wanting you know, thinking that there couldn't be a better life than being a car mechanic, you know, because you help people and you were popular. Everybody liked to bring their vehicle around. And, and so what a great way to, you know, uh, uh, to aspire to, to be a car mechanic. Um, if you grew up on a farm, you admired farming. And so that they became your heroes. And, uh, and so, you know, especially when you're younger, you, uh, you, uh, you 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 can only sort of admire who you know, who you've been exposed to, and right. you might not have ever been exposed to other people. I you know I, I kind of thought about this just even in a, a historic kind of way. Uh, if you were an African American young person back in the '60s, um, you could if you admired Malcolm X. Malcolm X disagreed with Martin Luther King Jr. You know he said you'll never change society without violence without the, the use of force and so uh if if you valued and and Malcolm X was your hero then you might get a gun you might carry a knife you might uh get out in the streets and and as a young person engage in violence uh but if MLK was your hero he said let's do this peaceably let's do this mm-hmm. in a way that let's rise above uh, our oppressors and act with more dignity and so on well both of the both of those leaders wanted uh, to to free and liberate uh, African Americans but they took two different approaches so um, if you if you had one hero over the other uh, it would it would definitely affect choices you made and how you measured your success and your self-worth it's kind of like In modern times, if you if you if Muhammad was your hero or Jesus was your hero, uh, one was warlike; one uh, gave his life up as a sacrifice. Uh, Yeah, uh, your heroes have different trajectories. Yeah, and
1: well, they're going to shape the way that you see yourself becoming. and,
0: And yeah, and if you fall short of your heroes. Then yeah. you can feel like you're a failure all your life because you never acted like that person did yeah um and uh and then you know there's a second kind of a category as well, and that those are people that speak into your life, people that you know maybe some of these heroes you never actually met they uh you know it could even be someone that's from history that you admired but but there's a second kind of person, and that is the kind of person who actually speaks into your life has has talked to you had conversations with you. And, of course, there are some who will speak words of wisdom to you. Um, they'll say things that you hold on to all of your life, and you just know uh, that um, this is wisdom, and, and, and you admire that, and you value that, and you're going um, to try to model that. So, you know, I try, like with my kids, uh, to say... Uh, to, to model a work ethic to say just don't be lazy uh, you know kids uh, yeah. uh, take pride in your work uh, do, do things with excellence um, don't do things with half measures and I tried to instill that in my kids and you know I watch all of them now they'd be embarrassed to do shoddy work and uh, to just put in a minimal effort uh, they, they have too much pride in themselves to do that but a lot of that was the way they were raised they were they had words spoken into them of wisdom to say look if you want to get ahead if you want to have opportunities then then do you know be do what you 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 can to the best of your ability and that will mm-hmm. open up the doors for more have high standards um maybe people talked into your life and valued honesty just always tell the truth son uh, no matter how hard it is uh have integrity um and, uh, you know, you, w- when people speak those kind of words into your life, uh, then you, you want to, you don't want to let them down. And I know even with, uh, you know, my dad now is at an age where he's not even on a daily basis aware of what I'm doing, but I still feel like I would never want to let him down. It's yeah. like, well, he probably would never know, but, but that doesn't matter. Uh, growing up. My dad sets the bar pretty high in some areas of life and integrity and, and walk with God and uh, and whether he ever actually found out or not, I would just not want to disappoint him mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and there is some real value in just speaking those kind of words into people's life of value and yeah you have to kind of find your moment uh, but I mean I've over the years I've had some wise people just say some things and I just Made a mental note to say that's good you know i I, I agree with that, I think that's right and uh, and that's going to become another benchmark in my life uh, but then of course, there's other people that say things that bring you down, and the, maybe they uh, oftentimes th- these are parents uh unfortunately yeah. uh, there are parents that will say, well you know, maybe they've got two daughters and they and and they call one of them the pretty one, you know <laughs> oh betty's the pretty she's the, the pretty one, well, what does that say to the other one you know yeah or uh or sometimes well the, this this son is uh he's the athletic one uh and and the other one listening in is like okay well that, that means I'm not athletic um,
1: yeah, you start categorizing and yeah, people you can, start you can putting it stuck in that box and i you know
0: it's amazing to me uh the power of those labels yeah you know i I mentioned our six year old twins uh Emerson, the older one, loves sports. Any, any, anything with a ball, a bat, stick, anything. He just, he just wants to play all, all the time. Uh, Logan is not nearly as uh, enthusiastic about that. And uh, a year or two ago, they were both put in basketball. And, of course, Emerson... Took it up with a vengeance. Wanted to practice all the time in the driveway with his dad, and he he led his team in in making baskets. And poor Logan, I don't know if he ever made a basket the entire season, you know. And uh, uh, he he was out there, but he just he, and but he never really wanted to practice. Didn't didn't you know, he'd go to the games, but he he didn't uh, do anything extra. And and so you know, even as a grandfather, I had to be careful to n- not just say well. Emerson's the athletic one. Yeah. And Logan's not. Logan is the artist, you know, he's the artistic one, which he is. Uh but then, you know, after that basketball season, his parents discovered that Logan actually had some real issues with his eyesight. They hadn't even realized that. Yeah. And they had to get him some glasses well all of a sudden they, they said like he could barely see and no one had even realized that. And yeah. uh so it's like, well, is he really not the athletic one, or is he just the one that when he was playing in a sport, he couldn't see, he couldn't see yeah. the rim to shoot a basket? You know, he couldn't see the ball when it was being passed to him. Uh, is it really that he's not athletic, or that you know, if you were just too quick to label him, right? And all he needed was a good pair of glasses, uh, and then all of a sudden he's far more interested now, and now he can see the. He why would he want to play catch when he couldn't see the ball coming toward him? Right uh, that would be a scary thing but nothing yeah. to do with sports just uh and so you know we've all had those people maybe it was a boss um that said some things that were just very cutting that just cut out uh, gutted our our self confidence uh, uh and 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 you and you can't get past that you know and it's just yeah. it's amazing to me the influence people have like it, it, a simple thing but um, you know, there were growing up. I had a couple of rough years in middle school, and and there were a couple of just real jerks that uh, were in my grade that made my life pretty miserable. I think everybody had a couple Maybe, of rough years. Yeah, in middle yeah. school. I think <laughs> I think that sort of goes with the territory. Yeah, I uh, think those rough years are called but, middle school. Uh, yeah, but you know, there's a to this day. There's you know, the, if there was someone in your childhood that you just really did not like. Uh, and you you know if you remember their names isn't it funny how you can associate dislike with a certain name mm-hmm. you know like th- there're certain names of people that i did not like um back in in my youth that if my wife not not knowing any of that if my wife had suggested that we name one of our kids one of those names <laughs> i would say i'm not going to name my child that and there's nothing wrong with the name it's just that it I associate yeah, it with someone yeah. that brought me pain and, and uh, dis- discomfort. And I think, in a small way, what that is saying is th- th- that reminds me that those people spoke pain into my life. They brought pain into my life. And, uh, and even as a grown adult, uh, I, I, I wonder if I still have to overcome some of that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, let's take a quick break here and we'll wrap up in just a few minutes. This fall, Black Abbey Ministries is hosting two spiritual leadership coaching workshops, one in the Atlanta area, and the other is fully online. The focus of these workshops are learning how to ask the right questions to help move people onto God's agenda. The online workshop is September 13th through the 15th, and the in-person workshop is October 21st through the 23rd. To find out more and to register, visit blackabycoaching.org. Links will be in the show notes. Uh, Rich, I don't know where uh, or who to attribute this to, but uh, I've heard it said that you're the average of the of your the company that you keep and and i think that's such a powerful image for us as we think about our friends and relatives and uh just our peer group essentially and uh maybe just in the last few minutes we've got a few of the categories uh to go through to just see the the different types of Relationships that can influence us.
0: Yeah, and, and Sam, I think you're right. You know, now as adults, you have way more say in who you associate with. I mean, you might not be able to pick your boss, and you might not—you can't necessarily pick the your family that you're into. And so, there's some relationships you may just have to navigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who your friends are, who you spend time with, uh, and so certainly you can try to raise the bar. Uh, but uh, but you know as we've talked about just looking backward, looking at, in your past to say how have these relationships affected me? Because two you know two people maybe I have an identical twin, maybe we have, we come from the exact same gene pool and we were raised the very same, and so we should be the same kind of leader, we should be the same kind of uh, friend, adult Christian. But over the course of our lives, we've had different relationships. Yeah. And, even if our genes were the same and our upbringing, our home life was the same, uh, the fact that we interacted with different people uh, would m- end up making us different just because of those interactions, that we're, we were, if we were socialized differently. So we looked at a couple of those people that, you know, for one, just who were the heroes to us and the villains, uh, looking at people that uh, encouraged us, spoke life into us, or spoke death um and then just a a couple other and then those who healed us uh, and and those who hurt us um and there's some people that uh if you if you think back to your lowest points in your life and then think of who were those people that came around in at the right moment and just lifted you up, believed in you uh wept with you uh they they just did whatever you needed they they restored your soul. Um, and then think about people that, um, that did the opposite, who took you down, who hurt you. And, uh, you know, I, I remember, uh, a a woman that I met years ago, she'd gone through a very, very painful divorce. And of course, divorce in many ways can be more painful even than death. Um, but she just could not get over it. And I mean, year after year after year, she, it was just like, she was just now programmed to have a miserable remainder of her life uh, always looked sad i mean she if the if a waitress at a restaurant came up to take her order uh, this woman would start telling her about her horrible ex-husband it's mm-hmm. uh, just like she couldn't anyone who'd be around her she just had to keep talking about it and literally years and years later uh you i just saw to an extreme what happens sometimes when someone uh, can harm you in a way that just almost locks you in to a life of hurt, hmm. uh, and there's others that just they at the right moment were there for you, and I and I've got some people like that, you know, and they're not perfect, and they it's not like everything they did was awesome, but I'll tell you what they will always have a special place in my heart because when I really needed somebody yeah. at that point in my life, they were there, and they, God just used them to make a difference. And so kind of a similarly, I, I, I just like to say there are some people who make me laugh, and there are people that have made me cry. Uh, there are some that have hurt my feelings, uh, humiliated me, uh, just said some cutting things that were just really uh, difficult to get past. And uh, sometimes they did it on purpose. Sometimes they didn't know what they were even saying. But mm-hmm. uh, and then there's others that, you know, I, I look back when I think of, when I take an audit of the laughter in my life, and I realize, well, there's a handful of people who've been largely responsible for <laughs> much of that laughter. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got a cousin Rob that's like that. Uh, I've got I've got a number of fun relatives, but Rob, uh, my cousin. Uh, when whenever we get around, we just know. I mean, we'll just start grinning just when we see each other because we know that we're going to start. We'll just yeah, get. trouble goofy. when the two of you are in the same room. You know, so, yeah. there are just some people you can really let your hair down with and laugh and and so you realize, you know, a lot of the laughter in my life, the joy in my life, has come from some certain people and. uh I wonder if I would have laughed nearly as much if I hadn't had these people in my life, or I wonder if I would have cried as much if these people hadn't been in my life. But yeah. uh and sometimes the crying is not just that they hurt you, but you know, there are certain people that just know how to weep with you. Yeah. And uh, you know, you've got those friends that you tell them you're having a horrible day and oh sorry to hear that, you know, and hey, did you catch the ball game last night? Like they're just not they're not going to go there with you, you know. They're, yeah. They're not going to ruin their day because you're having a bad day. But, but then there's others that truly really do feel for you, that do care, that follow up and want to know how you're doing. And uh, um, those people, they, they teach you about compassion and uh, empathy, and and make you realize that you need to be a, maybe a better friend yourself to others. And then the last uh, category that I just jotted down was: some people just make you wiser, and some people make you dumber. Some people just give you tips that you can just practice these in your life, and it's going to lead to success. And there's others that tell you stuff that if you follow that advice, you're, it's just going to lead to trouble. Uh, you know, I remember one of the first uh, jobs I had at working at a lumberyard. and the very first day I'm working, the, the the guy that had a similar job as me, but he he was the veteran, the the elder statesman. <laughs> he. Uh, first advice he gave me was how you know how to avoid doing any more than you had to and you know where to stand so that the boss couldn't look out the window and see you just standing around doing nothing
1: real salt with the earth (laughs) yeah
0: and uh and i mean he was trying to you know look look out for me and he wasn't trying to like get me in trouble he was trying to say when when you when you're slacking off be sure to slack off here because uh they can't see you from the from the office there And, uh, you know, and he, I mean, he's trying to help me out, but he was giving me bad advice. And, uh, and then there's other people that would say some things to me, um, maybe about how to preach or how to pray or how to treat people, how to treat my wife. And I would just file that away and say, you know what, that just, that just sounds really smart. You know, that just sounds wise. Like if I do that, I think my marriage is going to be better because of that. And, and so when I look back, in fact, even you know, sometimes I've said, uh, when I think of things that were successful for Lisa and me as parents, uh, almost everything that we, that I think we did, that that went well, I could probably, if I thought about it long enough, remember who it was we learned that from, who just said uh, some some words of wisdom that I latched onto and just said, I think that that sounds right that sounds like what i want to do yeah and so you know if we were to kind of just wrap this up just take inventory i would say you can't redo the past you can't go back and say okay i'm going to go back and delete out my dad who has put me down all the time and i'm going to insert in a loving uplifting father like you can't do that but you can go back and reflect and say well maybe this is why i don't have more confidence uh and this is why I, I'm, I'm always timid. That, you know, my dad, if I came home with an A in my report card, he's, he would say, why didn't you get an A plus? And, and so I, I realize even today as an adult, I, I'm never satisfied. I, I can't just celebrate getting uh, a success because I, I know my dad would be saying, but you could have done better. Um, and how do I, if I recognize that's my problem, that's why I can't ever just, you know, enjoy what I have. And then, I, then I just have to sort of reject that voice of my dad yeah. and say, you know what? Actually, an A is really good. It's the way above average, and, and I'm happy with that, and I can be proud of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, and I think some other times you need to celebrate and say, uh, when, when, you, when you realize, you know, God put some strategic people along my path that spoke words of wisdom. They laughed with me. They brought healing right when I needed it you begin to realize, you know what, as I look back, I realize God's been looking out for me my whole life. Just whenever I needed a wise counselor, a a loyal friend, uh, someone that would believe in me, someone that would just pick up the phone and reach out to me at a a, a weak moment, Uh, God seems to always have placed someone along my path. And I think he's been looking out for me my whole life. And and I, I get a sense, truly, if I have success today, it's because God has very definitely put the right people around my life along the path, and uh, and so you know. Lastly, we just would say, now as an adult, you you have a lot more freedom in making those choices. And right. so look for people that will bring laughter into your life. Look look for people that bring wisdom. Uh, look for people that truly will care about you if you're hurting. Uh, will weep with you when you weep, laugh when you're laughing. Um, and, uh, will bring healing. Maybe there's areas of your life that still need some healing and there are certain kinds of people that God uses to do that with. Yeah. Um, but be proactive and to realize it's not just, uh, you know, it's not just your genes. It's not just your circumstance, um, you can so. I would just say be proactive in your socialization, and so yeah, keep you're going to continue to be socialized by others. You're going to continue to be impacted, so put the right kind of people around you, so you're going yeah. to get the right kind of impact.
1: Well, knowing that the the people the company you keep has a profound impact on the person you become, yeah, um, you should be very intentional about the company that you keep. Keep raising
0: the bar. Yeah. yeah. So
1: well, this is uh, great stuff. Very practical.